Welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Duncan. And I'm Kate. And we're here to talk about life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join the conversation. Well, hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to our podcast. And uh, today we have a really awesome uh, podcast for you. And uh, I'm joined today by John Arnott, my pastor. And I'm joined today by Andrew Borsmer, and I'm Andrew's pastor. And of course, uh, so in a way, we're here as three spiritual generations, which I think is really exciting. And we want to talk about how to be men of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I'm really glad to be in the company of two awesome men of God and uh, one great man of God who is, um, you know, has been an amazing pastor and an amazing spiritual father in Kate and I's lives for the last 19 years and is the answer to many pray- prayers that we prayed before we met John, asking God that he would give us an amazing spiritual father and mother. And the Lord brought us together with John and Carol in the most amazing supernatural way. And I'm so thrilled uh, that he did that. And of course, our prayer is for all of you that desire that and will desire that hopefully by the end of this podcast, at least, that the Lord will give that for you. But I'm also thrilled to be joined by um, Andrew, Andrew Balsmer, who is uh, one of our awesome young Gen Zs. There's a lot earlier on their journey of being a man of God. <laughs> but his parents have been very much touched by the revival that the Lord has used John and Carol so wonderfully for the last 25 years. And uh, John, it's just wonderful to have you join us on the podcast. Welcome. And uh, thank you so much for being such an amazing pastor and an amazing example thank to you, us. Thank you, Duncan. You're very, very kind. It's, it's... A pleasure, pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a joy. Well, John, why do you think, you know, we need masculinity and strong men, especially at, at such a time as this in history? Well, that's a provoking question, isn't it, in a culture that's trying to blend everything. And right. A fluid culture. Yes. I, I think men need to be men. I think that previously, centuries previously, you needed a strong man to protect the family right? and several strong men to protect the community mm-hmm. and on from there. Mm. And so men have it built in over thousands of years that they need to be strong so that they can protect. Right. And uh, they protect their women and they protect their children and they protect their communities. And, and it's really the way God planned it to be. Mm. And so I believe Jesus, for example, was a strong man. And he was a wonderful combination between knowing when to be strong and knowing when to be gentle. Because mm. he had a tender heart, the tender heart of God and the heart of God the Son. And yet he was ferociously strong at times. Yeah. yeah. So he knew when to be the lion and when to be the lamb. Oh, come on, John. And so when we talk about strong men, we're not talking about that's all they ever are. We're talking about they're appropriately strong and appropriately gentle. Right. And that's mm. what King David was, apparently, and that's what Jesus was. 
Yes. And that's what I want to be. Come on, me mm-hmm. too. And you're making me think of David saying, you know, in Psalm 18:35, he says, your gentleness has made me great, O Lord. And David was one of the most fierce warriors, you know, cut off Goliath's head. He did. And yet he wrote, you know, Psalm 23, uh, which is one of the most beautiful, intimate um, sort of love songs to yeah. the Lord. So when I think of being a strong man in the Lord, yeah. I, I don't think of being a bully. Right, roughshodding over I everyone. I think of being winsome mm. and being in, being very capable of leadership mm. and you know, holding your own intellectually with all of that. So you don't have to throw your weight around, per se, right? unless there's something drastic going on that calls for that. Right. But strength exhibits itself in many, many ways. Yeah. And uh, that's what I love about Jesus. He was strong intellectually. He was strong, obviously, physically, walked yeah. everywhere he went. He was a carpenter. As a young man, yeah, he worked with his hands prior yeah. to that. And, and, and he was just so strong in his spiritual life and his walk mm. with God. Mm. And that was his secret. Yes. And he urges all of us to be strong in that way. Yeah. And so be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that brings in that appropriate gentleness, which is anything but bullying people into submission, uh, but everything to do with winning them and uh, yeah. making them feel safe and secure in an environment and in your presence. Yeah, lovely, John. In your family. Yes. In your community. Yeah, so lovely. And, you know, in, in many ways, um, you know, leadership is influence and you know, very often as men, we're called to lead. And I always think of you saying to me uh, years ago, now then, Duncan, a sergeant major and a general, who shouts the loudest? (laughs) And of course, the sergeant majors out there, you know, at the parade ground, left, right, left, right, you know. Yelling is yelling all all day, you know, and uh, people are moving their feet. Meanwhile, the general, you know, just with a whisper in the battle room, and an entire army goes, you know, maneuvers is mobilized. Is mobilized, yeah. And I just I've never forgot that, and I've I've sort of tried to, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to work that gentleness. And yet with great authority right. into my life, both as a leader uh, in the church, a leader in business, but, but also as a leader in, in, in my, a person of influence in my own home, in my own household, with my family. You know, I try not to raise my voice and yell. I try to walk in a spirit of gentleness. I think it's important that we realize that leaders lead. Right. And if sort of you're the appointed leader or there's expectations that you're the leader, but you uh, fiddle around with it and, you, you know, you're not rising to the occasion and actually leading. Right. Um, that makes an uncertain sound and, and the people are unsettled with that. You know, they, they don't know what to, to make of it. And that's where criticism and 
all kinds of misunderstanding. Mm. But when leaders will take their rightful place and say, here's where we're going, come on, let's go, follow me. Right. And and they lead the charge. And yeah. of course, that's one of the things David did. Yeah. And Jesus did as well. Yeah. And Joshua did as well. They were all great leaders who were not afraid to get out in front and say, all right, do what I'm doing. And in the, in a battle situation, they picked up the sword and they were full on yeah. with the combat of it all. And that won the respect of men. So there's a difference between a a general that's out there leading his troops into the charge right. versus an armchair general who's sitting back in a safe zone yeah. telling others what to do. You know, that's that doesn't get too. the same level of respect. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. Andrew, what are your what are your thoughts about this? I, I like what John uh you said earlier about you have to be the lion and the lamb. Uh because speaking personally and with a lot of guys I know, I think it's it's easy to be you kind of grow up learning how to be one or the other. It's like you're either passive or you're headstrong. Mm, yeah. Being one of the more headstrong kind <laughs> of uh guys, what what advice would you give uh to guys who have felt like they're either one way or the other to finding that balance and to to knowing in which situations to be to be what well i think first of all you have to appreciate those two sides of it those mm -hmm. two dynamics and once you realize that you are both a lion and a lamb then you can look to successful models like jesus was mm -hmm. and realize in the book of revelation it's ultimately the lamb who sits on the throne so eternally, he's ruling from a position of great strength manifested in gentleness. Yeah. And it's amazing to me because he's anything but a bully. He's just not that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, I think about Bill Johnson and his, his famous quote of, you know, ruling with the heart of a servant, being a king with the heart of a servant, but also serving with the heart of a king. Yeah. It's funny how they flip back and forth on yeah. that and switch, yeah. 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 Yeah, so men, I'm glad God made men to be who they are, you know, they're yeah. to be the lead in the family and to be the strong one when when it needs be, but I'm also really glad he made women the way they are. Aren't yeah. you glad too? I am too and I'm yeah. ma I'm married to a a wonderful, mighty woman of God, as you are too, John, and both of them can be very strong in a wonderful way, in a very wonderful, healthy way, and both of them can be gentle in a very yeah. wonderful way. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's lovely. And Andrew? Yeah, um, I think, you know, growing up and be learning how to be uh, a man of God, it's, it's so important that you surround yourself with other men of God. Right. And I luckily have been given a job where I am surrounded by amazing men of God like both of you. Uh, Duncan, Thank I don't you, know if you remember uh, a couple, probably six months into me working for you, you went back to uh, Charleston and you saw my sisters and they said, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it because Andrew's a lot nicer now. Oh, come on. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's because you be, have begun to have some amazing encounters mm. with the Lord yourself. Yeah. And there's nothing like mm. encountering the Lord to work humility in you, to work gentleness in you, and yet to work confidence and boldness in you. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that you've 
you've become more and more increasingly courageous and bold on the inside and yet mm. with w being able to uh, manifest that in humility and in gentleness and and i think you you know your sisters who you were the older brother mm -hmm. and your younger sisters obviously they they knew the strong headstrong you know andrew who perhaps maybe once or twice they felt the uh, <laughs> felt felt the sort of the more brute the brute force of you know an older brother but now they're seeing you just full of love and full of the Holy Spirit, full of the grace of Jesus, and yeah. you're really becoming an amazing young man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank and, you. You know, Andrew, I think it would be, and John, I think it would be really good for us, you know, because obviously uh, when it, as, as men, you know, we're wanting people, people that are listening, um, perhaps single men that might be listening, and uh, single ladies, uh, single women that are listening, you know, I think it'd be great if we could discuss, you know, the whole dating process, you know, courting, marriage, some of the responsibilities, all of that. You know, let's let's just open that up for some discussion. I, you know, I can say what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can say what not to do as well. Yeah. So, what what responsibilities? do I have as the, the man in a relationship before marriage? What are the, the biggest points and the biggest things that I need to focus on and be, be for her and be for us? Great question, Andrew. John, why don't you start? Well, it, it's, it boils down to honoring, doesn't it? Yeah. When you're a self-centered, selfish person, you know, almost by default, you don't care about the other person. They're something there for you to use and abuse. Mm. Whereas from a godly perspective, we're talking about godly men here, you want to honor the, the women that you were dating and honor their boundaries and honor godly boundaries as yeah. well. Yeah. And so there's a mutual understanding that we care about one another and are you the right one for me? Because ultimately, people prefer to be married, I think. But having said that, they want to be happily married. Right, mm. exactly. And that's, there's a big difference. To be unhappily married, you know, I don't recommend anyone. No. But to be happily <laughs> married, and that's a process too. You know, you go through, like in our case, umpteen hours of counseling and help from friends and advice and give and take and communication and all of that but yet the rewards are so fantastic yeah and you have to keep that in mind and healthy so, whole healed hearts yeah but it's the plan of god after all that there should be one man and one woman coming together form a family unit raise a family and therefore the children and pass on not just the human race but the godliness that is meant to be within that human race. So yeah. There's a long-term goal there. And so all the dating and all of that that goes through, that's it's a bit of an awkward time. Yet I don't know how to improve on it. I've talked to people that, whose parents prearranged their marriage. I can but, understand that now, John, now I that I'm a father too, of I can too, but it really comes girls. loaded with problems. <laughs> <laughs> But it's helpful if there's parents could have a say in 
That's right. You know, this one or that yeah. one. You know, oh, why yeah. don't you think about this or that? And children really are willing to listen to what their parents say yeah. when they know they have their best interest at heart. Yeah. So it's it becomes more than just her and me right? or him and me, but it's... it's it's us together with all of us. Family weighs in. Yeah. It's very, mm. very healthy and yeah. helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. So there you go, Andrew. Yeah. Ask yeah. your sisters what they think of her. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, again, why it's so important for people who don't have maybe good earthly fathers or parents to have an, uh, a mentor, you know, a father figure in their life who is a, uh, is a godly godly man that they respect because then they have someone to, to go to for that, to take yeah. advice from and input. Yeah, I think that's very important. And, um, you know, as a spiritual father and as an earthly father of three daughters, one who's married, you know, has a wonderful husband and, you know, I'm a grandfather of of two uh, with one on the way. Um, But one of the things that I think together with honor, which I think John was a fantastic point, it's all about honor. And I think it's a um, all about trust the um the whole dating um courting process is really an opportunity to invest in the bank of trust in each other between the boyfriend the girlfriend the fiance the fiance and i i like to share as you know in a fa- in fatherly advice um to those who trust me in my giving of that advice, that um, there's an opportunity, you know, from the moment that a couple meet each other and begin to fall for each other and walk that journey with each other, right the way up to whether, you know, the point at which they actually say, I do, and yes, Mm -hmm. I will, and they actually get married and they're pronounced husband and wife. Whatever length of period that is, they have that length of period to fill up their bank of trust with each other. Namely, um, particularly in the area, although it's not confined to uh, the area of physical um, boundaries, but physical boundaries provide a wonderful opportunity for developing a huge amount of trust equity in each other. So, for example, Kate and I, we just fell head over heels in love and we're still head over heels in love 31 years later. We've been married 28 years of those. But in the beginning, in those early days when we first were begun to date and we were really falling for each other, my goodness, both of us, just our hormones were just raging all around the place. And we literally wanted to get our hands on each other left, right and center. And I think, honestly, if you don't, you probably don't want to be married to that person. If you don't find them extraordinarily physically attractive and emotionally and spiritually attractive, you don't want to marry them. And I don't agree with this notion that God will tell you to marry somebody that you don't actually like. Um, I don't think he's that type of father. I think he's a good father and he knows exactly how he's wired us and he knows exactly how to cause us to you know, desire the right person. And so with all of that raging around, it's so tempting to, you know, go beyond each other's boundaries Mm -hmm. very, very quickly. And I think because somebody helped me by telling me this, I'd like to share it with all of you out there that that you have that opportunity every time you say no to to crossing the boundaries that God has set and that you have set 
of making sure that you don't, I always like to tell my girls, don't let any man touch any area of your body that you don't have, okay, or that he doesn't have rather, and that includes your, your uh, posterior. And so don't let him touch any area of your body that he doesn't have, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and also um, uh, don't do anything with him that you wouldn't do in front of me. And I'm happy for you to hold hands, hug each other and kiss each other. And, and that's my sort of early, you know, like what I consider to be a healthy start with boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. And when, when you each honor that and you're able to say no, despite the fact that you, with all, with everything in you, you want to break those boundaries. But every time you don't break those boundaries, you are bestowing into the bank of trust in their heart another deposit of trust and they'll know on the day that you marry because you've resisted crossing the boundaries within the relationship you're very likely to never cross the boundaries outside of the relationship on the other side of marriage you'll be drawing on the checks the deposits of that trust for the rest of your life and kate yeah. and i have a marriage where we just don't doubt each other being you know having extramarital relationships because we knew that we tr were able to trust each other because before we got married we didn't break those boundaries so good i i remember when when you taught me all of that on the way to virginia and the other thing that has stuck with me since and i think about it all the time but the other thing mm -hmm. that has really stuck with me uh is the difference when you're looking for a wife uh, oh yeah. Compatibility versus being complimentary. Now when you're looking for a wife, you want compliment you want to be complimentary. Yeah. A girlfriend, you're often looking at compatibility yep. at compatibility. But a wife, you want to be looking, yes, at compatibility, but far more than that, complimentary. And I'm so grateful, John, that my wife is complimentary to me and you know her well. Like John will say, Kate, can you remember to bring up uh, such and such from from the States when you come up to Toronto, up to Canada? And you know that by asking Kate, that I, item that you've asked for will come. If you ask me, I'll be like, and you'll say to me, oh, Dunk, did you remember to bring that item? I'll be like, oh, John, I'm just so sorry. I totally forgot. <laughs> She's complimentary to me for sure. <laughs> She is. Yeah. And yeah. that's a very good thing because in that setting, like when it comes to spiritual things, like mm -hmm. Carol and I operate differently. And uh, yeah, we're very complimentary of each other. Yes, you Even are. in ministry and in a ministry flow situation. Right. And so um, I really feel like one of us, one will put a thousand to flight, but two, 10,000. So there's a multiplication of mm. the impact. So when good. people come together in mutual honor and love and they combine forces to really bring a blessing and, and an impartation of the Holy That's Spirit, so for example. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, we just did that with Carol. Mm. She, she had a session and then she's praying for all these people. And I'm going along encouraging her, but she's taking the lead in this case. 
And it's just fun to do it. I just never get tired of watching her minister. <laughs> she is a flaming firebrand of radical, fiery love for Jesus and just so anointed and such a powerful leader and powerful woman of God, John. Mm-hmm. We laugh behind your back that John's anointed but it's really Carol that you want to have pray for you because she's super anointed. You know, she before is. we leave that subject, um, I think that in, in the beginning we look, and it, it's important during the dating phase, the courtship phase, it's so important that, you know, that you discern and that it, it's discerned that this person really is the right one for me. But, you know, I've realized, John, that after getting married, something switches and it's no longer whether she's the right one for me now. Mm-hmm. The, the, the issue is now how do I become the right one for her for the rest of my life? You know, because the only thing that we have control over is that. You mean you have to work on yourself? You do, Andrew. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. John, how would you encourage Andrew and many other young men out there and and young women out there, how would you encourage them to steward the dreams that God's given them? Well, step by step, and I I think that having godly men around you that can encourage you and give you opportunity and leaders that can open doors for you, etc., that's a real helpful thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it certainly has been in our case, John, with you. Yeah. You've opened so many gigantic doors. And I, I actually love doing mm. that. And I think you do too, Duncan. I do, to, John. To see that the, the loyalty and trust that's built when you help younger men to find their way and, and you create opportunities for them as best you can. Yeah. There's a deep, deep appreciation for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, it's so That's true. what we do for our children. Yes. And that's what we do for our spiritual children. That's right. Well. We set them up for success. Yes, we do. Yeah. And we don't set them up to fail and give them something so... Uh, unobtainable. Unobtainable. Unachievable. That they do actually fail. No, you, you, they, they learn to fruit their way in with bite-sized uh, steps. And nurture. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're there to help them and advise yeah. them and counsel Beautiful. them. Beautiful. So it is a relationship that that really uh, really does does work. So you start with saying, what are your dreams? Yeah, brilliant. And, uh, oh, well, I want this, I want that, I want the other. And so you're all right, okay, so how can I help get him going in that? Yeah. Yeah, so good. I, I think it's the wrong way around for those of us as leaders to say, I need a young man who can do this, and this is what I want you to do. You, they may not be a fit. I think if you right. start with, what are your dreams? Yeah. And how can I help you achieve that? Achieve that. Because yeah. the Lord has spoken to them yeah. and put dreams in their heart. And that's what we want to honor. That's so right. good, John. That's so good. And so we're we're helping someone find who they are, find their niche, and go for it. You know, John, you're reminding me of when I first met Andrew, like 
really met him. I mean, I'd obviously seen him growing up, seen him as he was growing up, knowing his mum and dad. Um, but um, I was, Andrew came up to Raleigh and spent a few months in Raleigh and ended up working, you know, in Starbucks, just had a sense, you know, of, of uh, God nudging him towards Raleigh somehow but came for a few months and nothing really opened up and he's like oh, I didn't go go all the way up there to end up in Starbucks I, I Andrew, mean Starbucks to... Starbucks is the dream right <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I heard from um you know it it as it happened in the by the by I had no clue what Andrew's skills and abilities were John um but I was chatting with uh, Jess and Aaron, my daughter and son-in-law, and I was chatting with them about this idea of, I would love it if we could have somebody who could come with us, come with John and Carol, come with Kate and I and others, and just just film what the Holy Spirit's doing, not what we're doing, but what the Holy Spirit's doing, you know, through us, and uh, travel around the world. And I was just sharing this with Aaron and Jess, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh my goodness, Dad, Andrew Borsma, if only you'd shared that with us like a month ago or two weeks ago. Andrew Borsma is just so talented at all of that stuff. He would have been fantastic at that. But I'm like, well, where is he? And he's like, they're like, well, he's gone back to, to South Carolina. I'm like, really? What's he doing in South Carolina? And they're like, uh, I think he's got a job and everything. And I'm like, but, but they said this, but I don't think it's what he's dreamed of doing. <laughs> and so I called Andrew and asked him what his dream was, what he there loves doing. Go. Yeah. And what did you say, Andrew? Come on, tell us about that. Yeah, I I mean, that job definitely wasn't a dream. Uh, the paycheck was. Right. But, but the uh, <laughs> installing gutters and, and new construction in apartment complexes was, was not me shooting for the moon. Um, yeah, no, I remember getting, I think you first texted me and you're like, hey, I've got I've got a job offer for you. Can we talk? And I was on the job site when you texted me that, and I had just like basically finished all my training, and the dough was about to start raining, and oh. I was going to buy a Porsche, and oh. I was going to save up for a house, and I had everything planned out, and I was like, I this job's awful, but it was still better than Starbucks. Uh, but I was like, I've got, I've, I've got it planned out. I'm gonna, this is, this is a means I to got an it end. Made. Yeah, seriously. Uh. And then I, I talked to you on the phone and you you basically lay out this mind-blowingly amazing job uh, that was just like, I was like, I don't know how you say no to that, but I almost said no to it. <laughs> I My heart was so after like the money and the the security in my in my planning out my you know uh, my next few years like I was going to go back to school I was going to do this and that um and I I remember talking to my parents about it and I was like if I take this job I I probably can't go back to to college and the the job I offered Andrew was a job that his passion and talent are just absolutely 100% in line with it which was you know basically uh creating awesome videos and taking the, some, the, some of the most amazing images in photography. Mm. Uh, and he's just so remarkably talented, but also talented in all manner of multimedia and Thank social you. media and so on. And uh, 
Yeah, and I think the opportunity as well for you to actually see God at work and in action, it yeah. just touched your heart, didn't it? Yeah, like the, the places I get to be and what I've seen God do and the people that I get to be with. Yeah. As I think, on top of me loving what I actually do, I think that is my favorite part, is yeah. the being with God and being with. Yeah. Actually, when I lived in Raleigh uh, for those few months before I moved back, I, I said, God, I'd really love to be able to spend some time with Duncan and Kate. That'd be really cool. Cause I'd, I had gone over to your house and, you know, I knew your, uh, your, your daughters and Aaron and, but yeah, and now it's like, I'm with you guys all the time. <laughs> you know, Andrew, you are, and you're just so special. And I just, I know that there are listeners that are listening to this and, and you're longing to get connected by the Holy spirit to his divine destiny that he's put into your life and awaken the dreams yeah. that he's put inside of you and bring you to a place where those dreams he's able to fulfill them and many of you perhaps are finding yourself in a job that you never wanted to be in but you're just making a paycheck and and it's just so uh not fulfilling for you and you're just longing to find a way into the fullness of all that you know God's created for in your passion and your talents and and release, you know, enable you to release true value to the world and in this world. And John, I just wonder in closing if you could, you know, maybe pray into that for those that are listening, that the Lord would just awaken their dreams and connect yes. them. And, and also pray for them to, you know, to be, especially the men that are listening, to be powerful men, full of gentleness, to marry well, to be men of honor and trustworthy and full of love, etc. Pray as you see fit. Yes, I I just think it's safe to say that those are the kind of men that that almost every woman is looking for. Mm. Someone who's strong yet gentle, and he's got healthy boundaries, and he's full of integrity, and all that godly stuff. Yeah, is what people really really are longing for yes that's so true and so father we just pray into that we ask that you would be the the great matchmaker yes lord for all of these couples and for andrew and for yes, young men father. like him that you would find the, the perfect bride for them yes lord you Ooh. did it for abraham you did it for isaac and jacob you did it for duncan and me and you We'll do it for Andrew and yes, for thank you, Lord. the young men listening Amen. and the young women listening. Yes, Lord. Lord, you are, you are a fulfiller of dreams. Whoa. And I, I just say to you, young people, don't be afraid to dream. Come on. Tell God your dreams. Mm. Pour out your heart to him. Let him paint the picture on the canvas of your heart. Yes, thank About you. who you want and what you want in life and what your dreams are because he wants to breathe into oh. that and have you as a powerful contributor to fulfilling his vision uh, for the kingdom of God in your sphere of influence wow. and throughout the world. So we bless you to yes, dream bless and you. to see your dreams come into fulfillment Yes, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Thank yes, you, in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless every listener right now in the name of Jesus, let your glory rest upon them. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would come and envelop every listener right now in Daddy's love and in the beautiful presence and majesty of Jesus. 
Lord, we thank you for your amazing presence. Lord, would you continue to enable us to encounter you, encounter your presence, and transform our world as we walk out as radical, transformed lovers of God. Lord, we ask that we'd walk in your love and give it away everywhere we go in Jesus' mighty name. In the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for listening, everybody. God bless.